What is going on, everybody? My name is Chris here in the Seacrest Studio, Children's Hospital, Colorado, hanging with you on this fantastic Friday. But it's even more fantastic because I got my friend Maya on the line. Maya, are you there? Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, I, I have a feeling this might be a fantastic Friday for you, too. Why might that be? Yeah, because Emily Blunt is calling in. Emily Blunt is on your show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Maya, hi. my friend. Take it away. Hi, Maya. Hi. I just want to say before I get into the questions, thank you so much for calling in. I've been so excited to talk with you, and I can't believe this is happening. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. It really is. Thank you. Um, so my first question for you is when was the moment you first discovered your love of acting so that's a good question it's it's funny i think i was always a kid that was very imaginative i lived in my own head a lot when i was younger and um and then at school, I started to get into sort of school plays and and found that I loved it. And I loved the escapism and I loved being a part of another world and sort of being immersed in another world. So I would say probably around 12, 13 was when I started to really fall in love with it. But I had a stutter as a child, so I was really nervous to speak in front of people. And yet when I acted, I didn't seem to stutter or stutter as much. And so it was a bit of a gateway into this freedom of speech that I kind of didn't have as a kid. So I would say the love of it started early. I don't know if I ever thought I would end up being an actor. Um, I'm happy I did, you know? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so you've been in so many varied projects over the years, from comedy to drama to science fiction uh, to horror to musicals. Um, of all the roles, which has been your favorite? Of all the roles I've played or all the genres? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to choose because they all have different meaning for me. And each one is a sort of different experience. You know, some experiences like a comedy, like The Devil Wears Prada was so much fun. And it was just, we wept with laughter all day. And Jungle Cruise, the same. We just cried with laughter all day. So the experience was so joyful. But then I feel like other roles I've played, like, I mean, it's not appropriate for kids, but I did this movie called Sicario and the Quiet Place movies, they were so intense to shoot, but they were so rewarding because you knew you were a part of something great. So it's, it's sometimes hard for me to distinguish which role I've loved the most because each experience kind of brings you something new. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, 
so which has been uh the um most challenging good question okay so i did this action film called edge of tomorrow with tom cruise and that one physically was so challenging because we had to wear these really enormous armored suits that were like a hundred pounds and that one, I remember just the challenge of that was just, you know, trying not to get injured, trying not to just break your body in the process. Um, I think that one goes down as the most challenging for me. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what is um, the last thing uh, you do before filming a scene oh that's such a good question it depends on the scene if it's a very emotional scene because i'm not someone who can just cry like that like there's some actors who could just cry if you said hey cry and they can do it i have to kind of get my head in the game and go somewhere rather you know daunting and sad and just to empathize with what the person's going through so I listen to music. I am normally really chatty on, and I mess around, joke around all day and I stay in a happy place. But if I do have to go there in a scene, I can feel my body preparing for the scene and I just stop talking. And so I just get really, really quiet and really calm. And I speak, if I do speak, it's very quietly and so that would be for an emotional scene, but for a fun scene or any other sort of scene, I mean, I, I really try to stay happy. I think there are some, that's just a process that works for me. I don't love contention. I don't love tense environments. I don't know if anyone does their best work in those environments. So I try to keep things buoyant, you know, um, unless I'm doing a really heavy scene. And I can feel everyone on set when I do a heavy scene is like, ooh, because I never am like that. You know, I'm never quiet. So I can feel the energy in the crew. It's like they pick up on you. And it's the beautiful thing about being on a film set because they kind of, everyone's reading each other. You know, everyone's a family. It's this insular family. And everyone's sort of reading each other's energy and each other's vibe. And you can feel this hush come across the set. And it's really exciting because you feel supported, you know, by everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what is the best line of dialogue that has stuck with you? Mm. Well, there's lots of dialogue that gets quoted to me when I see people, it's usually the Devil Wears Prada gets quoted to me the most. So I'll say there's yeah. there's a few lines like that. People are always saying to me, I'm one stomach flew away from my goal weight. Like people <laughs> saying that people say that line to me like weekly. But my favorite line I've ever said was in this TV series I did called The English. It's a limited series, a Western, and it's a beautiful love story. And it's so simple, but she said it was in the first few lines on the first page of the script. And I almost said yes, just from the first page. But she says, um, 
that's how we met. That's why we met. It was in the stars and we believed in the stars, you and I. And I just thought it was so poetic and so beautiful and I was in. So, it, yeah, I would say that's my favorite line I've ever said, but people would probably quote Devil Wears Prada to me the most, you know. I love that. Yeah, that's a really um, you know, beautiful line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so what has been the best moment of your career so far? So one of the best moments I would say was when John had directed the first Quiet Place movie, you know, we made it, it was made for no money. It he shot it in seven weeks. It was such a beautiful art piece, but it was an unusual horror movie, you know, so and there's hardly any dialogue and it's it was very rare and very unique and so we just didn't know what people would make of it and he was very nervous and we were in south by southwest which is this amazing film festival in austin and no one had seen the film like 10 people had seen the film but we were premiering it in south by and we were driving there and he was so nervous and we didn't know what this this was his big directorial sort of not his debut, but it was the biggest movie he'd ever sort of potentially done. And we were driving there and I said, look, I don't know what people are going to think of it, but I love it and you should just stand by it. And, but sometimes when you're so close to a project, you can't see it anymore. You don't know what people will think of it. And we did the screening and I remember people just stopped eating their popcorn. It went silent. Like you could have heard a pin drop. And then people were laughing. And I remember John going, oh my God, why are they laughing? And I said, cause they're so scared. Mm -hmm. And I remember the movie ended and the place erupted like a rock concert. Like it, they blew the doors off the place, the reaction. And I just started crying. I mean, I just was like, it was just the best reaction you could ever hope for, mm -hmm. for a film that you really didn't know what people would make of it. And I feel that screening and that premiere, like it started the, it started like the, the reaction to it kind of spread like quick fire. And before we knew it, everyone was talking about this film. And I think that moment in South by was the reason why the film went on to be so big. Wow. That's amazing. That's cool. It was one of the coolest moments of my life, to be honest with you. It was incredible. That's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, just have to say, I sorry, my memory is so bad. I can't remember if I already told you this, but no, I just like I just love everything you've done. So I am very excited. To just I am trying to wrap my head around the fact that I'm actually talking with you right now. Nice. Thank you so much. And you and you did not tell me that, but I'm so happy you did. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. That's that's all I want is for to do things that people love and that have some imprint on someone. And these stories we tell are so important. And I used to kind of 
think, oh, my job's not important. You know, it's a, it's silly by comparison to what the doctors and nurses, I'm sure that you work with, are doing. But then I do realize that it has an impact in a really positive way on people. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you telling me that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next question for you is, uh, what is the most interesting thing that you read about yourself that isn't true? <laughs> People get my name wrong on Wikipedia. They, they say my name is Emily Olivia Leah Blunt, but it's not. It's Emily Olivia Laura Blunt. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it's on there as Leah. Like, I, there's no reason for it to be on there as that. So. <laughs> That always is funny to me. People always get my name wrong. I was like, that's not my name. <laughs> that's funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so what subject could you give a TED Talk on that you're totally unqualified to give a talk on? Ah. <laughs> oh. Oh God, nothing. I would be so useless. <laughs> what could I give a TED talk on? I mean, I could give a TED talk. I mean, I make the perfect roast chicken. Is that enough for a TED talk? Yeah, I think I'm so. So unqualified for anything other than this job I do. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> uh so is there a TV show or movie that you always watch when you just want to be comforted? Yes. I love the Great British Bake Off so much. I'm obsessed with it. And I like to watch it alone because no one else in my family wants to watch it with me. And I'm fine. I would rather watch it alone and just enjoy it. And I think because I live in New York and I do living in New York, but I miss England. I miss the attitude. I miss the irreverence. I miss the vibe. And that show is so British that it just brings me so much joy. It brings me so much joy. So I would say that's my guilty pleasure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I think my go-to show is usually um will and grace uh or oh, friends yeah <laughs> and and i know why and friends was my i just adored it growing up and and it still is lasting like i realized that you know people your age and younger they're all watching friends they're watching Friends and they're watching Will and Grace and they're watching The Office. You know, they're not watching Euphoria. They're watching these shows that I grew up watching, which is pretty cool. So what makes you roll your eyes every time you hear it? Someone spitting in the street. Yeah. I heard it yesterday. I was walking our puppy. <laughs> I was taking our puppy for a walk. And a guy was 50 meters away and just spitting in the street. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> it really makes me roll my eyes. Um, and the other thing, I guess, 
the stuff that makes me roll my eyes and probably more than roll my eyes I really have a problem with people taking credit where credit is not due to them. You know, I have a problem with that of people, you know, that kind of thing where people self aggrandize and take credit for stuff that really, really gets under my collar. (laughs) Like I get to you going. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, agree with that with all of that that is all very um annoying to me (laughs) both are really cringy one is like disgustingly cringy and the other one is just psychologically irritating yeah yeah um so what would a musical about your life be called Maybe I'd just call it, oh, God. <laughs> it's sort of said like that, oh, my God. <laughs> just a song called that. <laughs> what would yours be called? Oh, I don't know. I, I was just listening to a song this morning that I haven't heard in a while called If I Don't Laugh, I'll Cry. And I feel like maybe, I don't know. I feel like it would either have to be something super ridiculous. Like, I feel like I'd go with something really ridiculous, but then also maybe adding in something with that because I, like... There's definitely been times like I've been talking with someone about something serious and I've just started laughing. Yeah. And they look at me like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, because I, I'll cry if I don't laugh and yeah. I'd rather laugh. Yes. Well, I think that that's a very human reaction. And I think that you're having, you're going through something traumatic and challenging and I, I really understand why you choose to go that other route. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember getting the giggles at my grandfather's funeral and I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't, I was like crying with laughter because I think I was so emotional and I was so upset that it's sort of where your body goes the other way to another extreme to get you through it or to carve out a different space for yourself and what you're feeling it's really i think that's terribly human and brave that you are doing that and i think it's cool that you do that thank you yeah i i'm always like laughter is one of my favorite things so i'd always rather go with laughing than yeah what really makes you laugh? Do, do the TV shows you watch make you laugh? Yeah, there's um, yeah, f- uh, Friends and Will and Grace. And yeah. um, also I uh, love like the new adventures of old Christine. Um, God, I don't even know that. It's with um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, cool, been, cool, cool, cool off the air like i think it went off the air in 
2010. Gotcha. Just discovered it in 2020 during the pandemic, and I'm just (laughs) obsessed with it. And so I think I quote that a lot. There's one line that I just quote all the time. And (laughs) I love that. Who's that poster behind you? Who's the guy with the red face? It's Teen Wolf. Stop it. Oh, my goodness. And who are the guys in the picture, the two dudes? Oh, um, well, there's, uh, in that one, it's kind of hard to tell. All in the red one, it's kind of hard to tell. No, who's, who's the two dudes in the photograph, in the framed photograph? Oh, over there? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Randy and Jason Sklar. Who are they? Why do I not? They're um, comedians, and they're um, actually that autograph was from before, like I when I met them, but before I interviewed them, and then they're just like uh, my we've grown like really my whole family and I have grown grown really close to them and my sister and I call them our LA uncles. So <laughs> we always see them. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um and so um sorry, I just had like a everything just went right out my brain so that's no problem do you want to ask me anything else is there anything else you would yeah. like to talk about? i have a question for you uh if that's okay uh-huh. thank you i uh so my last question for you is who do you consider to be a real life superhero and why I really feel at my children's school, I have met some teachers that are full superheroes. It's partly because I had my own terrifying experience of trying to homeschool my children during the pandemic. And I think particularly at the school the kids are at, I recognize that a great teacher can change your life completely. And that's a superpower and they are superheroes. And not only the workload, but the patience and experience and the ability to kidnap these kids into a world and teach them things that they'll have forever. I've really just seen, I've seen superpowers. I've seen powers I do not possess. So I'd say some of the teachers I've met, really. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'd say, uh, I'd say my mom and my sister, uh, because they're my best friends and I don't know what I'd do without them. And um, yeah, and, I definitely say like, I 
like some of the teachers I had in high school and actually middle school too, I still stay in touch with. And because they've become such an important part of my life. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's so profound and poignant. You got to stay in touch with those people. You know, I think when you grow up with those people, you have this shared history and this shared childhood and and those people really are there for you. They yeah. really understand. Yeah. Yeah. I say yeah, there's just a lot of like I feel like there's some people in my life that like I'm close with, but I don't feel like really understand me or like get some things about me. So I just don't feel great when I'm with them. So all the people I'm really close with like are the ones who get me. And I know I don't need to explain uh, things to them like when I'm not feeling good or I know I can just tell them and yes. they get it yeah you need those people who are your exhale people yeah and I feel the same on a completely obviously different experience to what you're going through but I do understand that thing of feeling uneasy with people versus easy. And you want the easy people. You want the exhale people. They're so vital to your, to your life. They're so vital. Yeah. You just should cling on to those people, the exhale world, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so so much for calling in. I just, I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. Like this has just been um, the best, already the best day ever. So thank you. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you so much. And this was an awesome interview because you asked me stuff people don't ask me. And that's the best. Yeah. That's always the best for me when you give me pause to really give you an answer I've never given before um, and I appreciate your fresh perspective on interviewing people because it's lovely for me too so I I thank you very much well Emily uh, we want to thank you from the Seacrest studio as well uh, Maya excellent work and Emily just to let you know you. you have a standing invitation to the Seacrest studio here at Children's Hospital Colorado thank anytime you're you. in town I would love to come to Colorado. I've never been to Colorado, so that would be cool. Well, that would be yeah. Make your way through our our uh, doors when you get here. I love it. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye, Maya. Bye. Bye.